0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Seasons come and seasons go, but for many, the Christmas season is the favorite. Preceding Christmas is, of course, Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights, It's a special, joyous holiday filled with memories for the Jewish people. They light candles, celebrate and commemorate the miracle that happened 2,000 years ago at the rededication of the temple. In John 10, we find Jesus in Jerusalem for this festival, the Feast of Lights. All of this gets me to thinking about Israel. People may ask you, how do you know God exists? There's a one-word answer to that, Israel. What is it about the nation of Israel? Outside of Calvary itself, I can think of no greater example of God's wondrous grace than Israel. Stare long enough at Israel, and you must admit there is a God. Gaze long enough, and you will become convinced that God loves you as well. The Jews are called the apple of God's eye, Zechariah 2. Their land in the same chapter is called holy. The once capital city of Jerusalem is called the center of the nations, Ezekiel 5. Israel is both the object of God's wrath and his favor. How do we know God exists? Israel. This week on Daily Devotions, I want to speak about prodigals returning home. And I can think of no greater example historically than Israel's return to the promised land. Today, if you will allow me, I want to tell you of a dream, an amazing dream revealing a great return. But before I share that dream with you, let me mention a few things about the nation of Israel. It's in the latter part of the book of Deuteronomy. Moses is pronouncing blessings and cursings upon Israel, blessings if she obeyed God, cursings if she disobeyed God. In spite of God's favor, Israel failed God time and again. And Moses promised what would happen if Israel turned her back on God. The first thing is that Israel would be dispersed, Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. The Jews were warned by God, if they forsook Him, that He would take them from the Holy Land and scatter them across the face of the earth. The dispersion took place primarily in the years preceding and following, AD 70. Jews were scattered across the face of the earth. The second promise... If Jews forsook the Lord in Deuteronomy 28, they would receive persecution. God warned them of that. Moses again said that the Jews would find no rest amongst the nations and that God would give them a trembling heart, failing eyes, and a despairing soul. The extreme anti-Semitism of the Roman Empire, the Crusades, the Holocaust under Hitler and Stalin, and even what we're seeing right now reveal the grisly fulfillment of that prophecy. The third promise, if Israel forsook God, is that the land would become desolate. When the Jews were driven from their land, God said the land would be laid to waste, cities destroyed, fields unproductive, desolation everywhere. Moses saw all of these curses if Israel was rebellious. But there Moses' vision runs out. He does not see that in spite of the dispersion, In spite of the persecution and desolation, God determined that I will preserve the nation of Israel as a people. Israel remains in spite of it all. God promises that Israel, that there would be a remnant of Israel that would survive it all. Isaiah said in chapter 49 and chapter 66 as well, God would be less apt to forget Israel than a mother would her nursing child. Why? Because God's people are engraved in the palms of his hands. And during the past two millennia, all of these prophecies were fulfilled. But these fulfilled prophecies lead up to some of the more astounding prophecies. For the impossible did happen. And no other time in history has a people who has been so torn, so wounded, so scattered over the face of the earth come back to reclaim their nation. Israel did this. Because God said it would be. Does that give you hope? It does me. That a nation would be reborn? Isaiah 11 and Ezekiel 36 prophesied that Israel would come home. It was in the late 19th century the Jewish population in Palestine began to grow. but Palestine was under the control of a nation who despised the Jews. The First World War would change that. It came under the protectorate of the British Empire, which promptly issued the Balfour Declaration, allowing Jews to immigrate back home. By the end of the Second World War, over 600,000 Jews had come back to Israel. Israel regained its nationhood. Isaiah 66, Zechariah 12, that was prophesied. You remember when Ezekiel was dropped into that valley of very dry bones that the dry bones depicted the nation of Israel. And God asked the prophet, can these bones live? And as Ezekiel preached and the wind blew, a nation was reborn and God said it would happen. And it did happen. On May 14th, 1948, the nation of Israel, a nation dispersed and persecuted, was reborn. It reminds me of Nicodemus' question to Jesus, how can a full-grown man be born again? Only God, only God can do such a thing. For hundreds of years, the idea of a reborn Israel was mocked and scoffed at. But God said it, and it happened. The land now blooms like a rose. The land has been reclaimed. That was prophesied, Joel 2, Isaiah 35. I've read descriptions of Palestine, what it looked like at the beginning of the 20th century. This land that was said to have flowed with milk and honey was a barren wasteland. But go to Israel today and you will see a land that is lush with beauty. Ezekiel said that people would one day exclaim, the desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden. And that's what you see today. Over 300 million trees planted in the 20th century. Rainfall has increased over 450% during that time. The deserts are blooming just like God said. But what about the future? If all of these things have happened, just as God's word said, what is the future of Israel? Israel will experience a great return to God. There are three prophecies suspended over the nation of Israel. The first is rather painful, but the first also leads to the others. Like the rest of the world, Israel too will experience a great Tribulation found in Zechariah 13. But in the midst of it all, their hearts will be softened. You may remember when God told the minor prophet Hosea to go marry a woman of negotiable affection named Gomer. She soon returned to her old way of life, and God said, This is like Israel, this is my people. But Hosea prophesied that in the last days, unbelieving Israel would come back to God. But they would do so with trembling another prophecy says that a great revival is coming in Israel zechariah 12 and romans 11 that there will be a group of people who look upon him whom they have pierced and they will realize that jesus is the true messiah they will accept him and as paul said the branch will be grafted back in 144000 of the 12 tribes of israel will be marked to spread the everlasting gospel They will fan out across the globe, preaching that Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Lord. And then that prophecy that Israel will be the focal point in the coming age. Isaiah chapter 60 through 62, Micah 4. During the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the Jews will be regathered in Israel to worship their true king. And the throne of David that is eternal for David's Lord and David's son will reign supremely And Israel will return to God. And in that return is a promise of Christ's return to this earth. Here's the dream that I mentioned. This is the dream. This return only foreshadows a much greater return. That the great return is taking place and that we're living on borrowed time. And the wanderers are coming home. And the wayward are coming back home. Years ago, a sister, who has since passed in our church, told me a true story of a Jewish man in Tel Aviv. I looked it up and found the story. That night after night, this gentleman had the same dream. It was a dream of the sound of shofars, of trumpet, so loud that they would awaken people. He would rush to his door at night to see what was happening. And he saw thousands of people rising from Israel, wearing white robes, ascending into the heavens. He saw the clouds parting. He saw the archangel Gabriel. He saw a mighty army in the sky. A commander was sitting upon a white horse. His eyes were as a flame of fire. He sees behind the commander, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He sees behind them, the matriarchs, Miriam, Ruth, Sarah. He sees King David. He sees King Solomon, Elijah, and Elisha, all alive, light shining from them, riding horses, a mighty army, numbering tens of thousands. He sees them descending on the Mount of Olives. The commander has a garment which reads, King of Kings. In his dream, the rabbi recognizes him to be Messiah. When he has a moment and an opportunity, he asks, do you have a name? And the Messiah replied, they call me champion, the champion. Then he said to me, Moshe, I died for you. I love you. Would you tell your Jewish family and your friends about me? Tell them I am coming soon, for there will be worship and praise in all Israel, just as it was in the days of King David. Then the rabbi awakened with the words, Moshe, I love you. Tell everyone, I am coming soon. Night after night, this man had the same dream. What do I believe? I believe God is bringing his people home, that the veil is about to fall away from Israel's eyes, and soon they will see Jesus for who he really is. But what about you? Doesn't this suggest something magnificent, even wonderful, That God's patient love with Israel down through the millennia, God's willingness to bring them back to their homeland, God's willingness to turn his heart and face of favor toward them, doesn't it suggest to you that God is reaching as never before into our world, that there is a great return taking place? So what about you? Are you ready? If Jesus were to return today, if you were to see what that rabbi saw every night in his dreams, a sky filled with white horses, with Jesus returning to this earth, would this be your blessed hope or would this be your terror by night? If you are not saved, I say get saved. Obey the same message that was preached in Jerusalem when this church was born. You can read it for yourself. It's in Acts 2. Believe and obey the gospel. You do that by dying to your sins through repentance. That's Calvary. By being buried with Christ, that's baptism. By being filled with his spirit, that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If you're already saved, but find your fires burning low, then you need to turn back to God with all of your heart. There are others who need to hear this gospel. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you. The great return is about to take place. Soon the eastern sky will split and we will all see his face. We are standing at the cusp of the coming of the Lord. The great return is about to take place. This is the day, this is the hour and the moment when every prodigal needs to turn their face back home. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.